Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Welcome back. Uh, We are here for the second hour. The first hour dominated by talk of the Tennessee brouhaha with uh, Chancellor Plowman shooting back across the bow at the NCAA. Uh, We'll talk more about that from a legal perspective with Darren Heitner at the bottom of this hour. Let's check in next with Stacy in Tennessee. Hello, Stacy. Hello, Paul. Pleasure and honor to speak to you again, sir. I know Thank you're you. well. Thank you very much. I, on the other hand, I'm not. I'm so upset. I'm agreeing with everything Legend had to say yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I would like to commend Chancellor Plowman. Not only do I think that she handled the Pruitt situation perfectly, I am so proud of her for standing up. No, we're not having this. I have a question about the situation. Why can't all of the SEC, Sankey, everybody, shut NCAA down? Why can't we? No more. Well, it's it's an interesting proposition, but remember something about the NCAA. Uh, It is still the governing body of, of, of all the other sports than football. It runs the men's and women's basketball tournament, the baseball, softball, volleyball, they're, gymnastics, they're and there's a, there, there's situations. a lot of money involved there. So it would not, unless, the, <laughs> unless they had an alternative to, and, and I'm sure the SEC could do it, but they don't have it right now. So, I mean, when we blame the NCAA, we're really blaming the entire body of college athletics. But they're just as useless in all those other uh, sports and in the way and don't make any sense. And I think that Legend said it correctly that, Lord help me, that um, to make a new coalition of some sort to govern the body correctly, make the rules right, legit. And secondly, Paul, another question I have, is anybody else in the SEC under probation besides Tennessee? Um, I, I don't know the answer. I, I mean, it's possible that there are some schools that are that have had sanctions uh, that are that are not particularly significant. But Tennessee seems to be the one is the one that has most recently been involved in a major investigation. You know, I started calling you a little over three years, almost to the day ago, with hope and pride and a good three seasons under Coach Hopple. And here we are kicked again. I am so mad. <laughs> well, I appreciate your call, uh, and thank you very much. Uh, again, I, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, Chancellor Plowman. We have talked to her a number of times, uh, as many of you know, and uh, she, she is very outspoken, and uh, she took a very courageous stand on the Pruitt situation, and uh, she has uh, completely uh, reversed her 
her track here and start cooperating with the NCAA, she's basically telling, telling them to uh, screw off. Nice words. Nicer than she's basically said. Uh, how about Scotty in Kentucky? Hello, Scotty. How are you doing today, Paul? Scotty, we're doing well. Thank you. Uh, I just got one quick for you. I was wondering who, what key player do you think will be, or who do you think will be the key player in Kentucky's deep run in March this this year? Well, uh, let's talk about whether they'll have a deep run first of all. Okay, do you do you think they will? Uh, well, there's no question on whether or not we'll have a deep run. Well, you tell me. No, I think I think we're winning it all. I thought that a week ago. I'm, I'm not quite as confident today, although uh, I thought the win against Arkansas was, was very gritty, and, uh, and I thought that was a good, a, good, a good turnaround after the South Carolina loss. That's a tough run, though, yeah, South Carolina and Arkansas back-to-back. Back. Well, I think we'll, we'll have a solid win tonight over Florida, and then we'll polish off the weekend with a Tennessee. big victory over Tennessee. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Johnny, uh, excuse me, uh, David is up next in North Carolina. Hello, hello, David. Hey, Paul, how you doing? We're doing great. Good, man. Hey, um, you remember when North Carolina was um, being investigated a few years ago and it took, yeah, seems like forever. Took about to get years. Um, it was the academic fraud deal. Yeah, and it, you know, and it went on and on and on. And basically, I felt like North Carolina basically bought their way out of it. What do you think about that? I think they did. Uh, they spent about $25 million in, in legal uh, fees. And uh, I remember talking to somebody who was, who was on the committee in, on infractions. And the problem was, I mean, I think everyone agreed they, they were guilty. The, they just weren't guilty of NCAA bylaws. Really? <laughs> they, they were able to, it was more of an academic issue than an NCAA issue. Well, you're right. You're right. But, um, well, I, it just it just didn't seem right to me. Well, of course, you know I'm, I, I hate the Tar Heels anyway. But anyway, I just want to get your um, your take on that. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, no, I was outraged when it happened. Uh, it was uh, it was a simple case of having enough money and influence. And and, and by the way, in, in the process, they bought a national championship in basketball, which to me seemed tainted. But I'm the only one who thought that. Chad is in Hilton Head. Not a bad place to be on a late winter day. Chad? Sitting on the dock of the bay in Hilton Head watching the tide roll away. Peacock is in Mobile, Alabama. Hey, what's going on, brother? Hey there. Hey, man. I'm, uh, how you doing, man? I, I was doing calling well. him. I don't, I'm, I've been training somebody, so I hadn't been listening. Okay. You know, I've been training in the vehicle, but uh, anyway, Ryan Williams. Uh, Mr. Football, Alabama, have you, have you, what's your stance on that? I mean, the greatest Alabama football player in Alabama history, high school. I mean, is that? And, uh, by the way, I, I, he, he's a, he's a highly regarded player. Um, but, but did, did somebody describe him as the best ever? He's a wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Well, yes, because he's Mr. Football back to back two okay. years in a row. That's what they're saying. I'm asking if you talked to him and the reason why. I have not I've talked to him, uh, but I, I was really glad to see him uh, come back to his senses and, and, and recommit to Alabama. Oh, he, oh, yeah, yeah. My kids go to school with him, with him and, and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, but, it, well, what's your stance on, on that, him being the best high school well, football player uh, ever in the state? I, I, I tell you, I don't know the, I don't know the answer to that um, because – 
I think he's, uh, he may well, be the most, I, he may be the most honored player, but I mean I've been in I've lived well, a, a lot of my life in Alabama, uh, but I, I need I would need to think before I declared him the greatest Alabama yeah, high school football player. player. Well, can I give you my opinion? Of course. Okay. Well, my opinion, and I and I'm I'm from Saraland. I live in Saraland. I got kids yeah. in all three schools. Great school system, but. He state championship. He scored like four touchdowns. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're, like, we're talking about a state that has produced players like uh, like Terrell Owen, Philip Rivers, uh, Bart Starr, uh, Julio right. Jones, uh, uh, John Stallworth, just, uh, Leroy. I mean, we're talking about uh, an amazing group of players. D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm well, not sure you, I'm prepared to make him the best ever. Him then? Well, let me answer this. I'm sorry. Okay. Have you followed him then? Well, I mean, I, I have and never seen him school. play, no. Um, but I know you oh, have. Dude, well, the, you know. DeMarcus well, dude, Ware. They play, they, I mean, there's they, a pretty, they, couple of pretty good players that have been in Alabama. Well, the high school championship's on TV, Paul. I mean, come on. Well, well I'm sorry. I'm watching uh, from the couch, uh, brother. Six uh, bears deep, four touchdowns in the state championship. Come on. I'm just talking about high school. I don't, well, we no, don't know I, I'm, I'm do. talking about high school, too. Uh, but I, I don't know uh, enough well, about. Uh, well, let me say this, Paul. Okay. Hey. I, I love you. I've been missing t- Kyle. I've just been busy. You're the best in the business. Uh, AJ called me out like last week. Listen here, AJ. I thought Carl. I uh, Ken, my- did you ever see Cadillac Williams play in high school? I did. He was unbelievable. Absolutely. Hey, I got. Look, man, I went to. Uh, hey, and by the way, I, went uh, I mean. Hey, I'm I, I want to sure, name drop somebody. Real I'm not going to bring up Bo Jackson because, frankly, Bo Jackson. As good as he was look, in high was school, going, look, was probably hey, was was going, not the best. I was going to Auburn. He wasn't even the best hey, player in the to... state that he the year he came out. I think Julio Jones might be one of the the best high school players I've ever seen. Okay, well, look, it's I've been following. I follow both. Julio Jones from here, David baby. Palmer. I'm in uh, you know that. David Palmer uh, might be uh, in that category as well. Well, hey, let me tell you this other. Uh, for this is for AJ because okay. he called me out last week, Paul, and I and I don't do the. I called him a sissy because he does that bullshit. But listen to me, AJ. Yeah, well, uh, by the way, I, I, do, I do not mean to get into a debate about the best high school football player in Alabama history because I'm not qualified. I've covered uh, a smattering of high school ball there. I, I listed some of the players who have played. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure, is a great player. But... Some people will be able to mention David Palmer. I mean, he, I did see him play in high school. Uh, uh, I, I just can't say this guy's better than David Palmer or Julio Jones. J.K. is up next. What's happening, Paul? You all right? Yes, sir. Hey, Paul, let me chime in on that last combo. Hands down, the best player in Alabama high school history is Bo Jackson. And uh, I'm going to put one I mean, I'm not positive about that uh, because – do you know that Bo Jackson, and I covered this, so I, I feel qualified, he was ranked the third or fourth best player in the state the year he came out. He hey, wasn't Paul, even, uh, by the way, he was not even, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. He was, Alan Evans, w- who also went to Auburn initially and then he, he transferred, he was ranked the number one player. And, and Jack Crow, who was the offensive coordinator under Pat Dye, told me once, that Bo, uh, not he, that Bud Casey, his running backs coach, said when Bo got there, Bo was no more than no better than the fourth or fifth best running back on the team. So he was not as good in high school 
I mean, he was a better he was a baseball player in high school. He probably was the best player ever in baseball, other than Willie Mays or Hank Aaron. And that dude, and the guy that told you that story, he probably was drunk when he told you that. But Paul, he actually was. I'm gonna go one. I'm gonna go one A, David Palmer, and that's a that's a tight one A because he, well, him and Bo, they could be one A, one and one A back to back. But you know, and and the, and the third best player has got to be Jim from Tuscaloosa. Well, I thought Jim from Tuscaloosa was. Uh, Jim might have been the best. Okay, hold on. I think Jim was the best high school player. Uh, Jim was number one. This is all-time Alabama high school players. Yeah. Jim number one. Yes. Willie Mays number two. Okay. Hank Aaron number three. Okay. Um, Bo number four. And where was Jim? Oh, Jim was number one. I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, uh, this is baseball. Hey, Paul, not... I, yeah, man, I, I just caught Willie, it. Uh, Willie McCovey may have been number four, five. Yeah. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Paul, you have a good one, man. Okay. Thanks, J.K. Glad we got there. So was Willie Mays number two after Bill, uh, Jim? Yeah. Ahead of Hank Aaron? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. More to come after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And we are back. What an afternoon already. More on the Tennessee situation coming up. And uh, let's check out. I think Chad is back again. We'll give him one more shot here from Hilton Head. Hey, Paul. How are you doing, sir? We're doing well. Thank you. So, you know, I'm listening to these Tennessee fans talk about, I think his name was Bubba, and then you got the guy from Kingsport. Tennessee was off. Well, you know what? 
uh, if you look at South Carolina and the Tennessee and Kentucky game, both Kentucky averages almost a hundred points a game, Tennessee, 78 points a game. We all both of them almost are under 100 points. The way we play defense and the way we play offense. I mean, we, we average what 28 seconds on offense, right? Um, you, you, a team's moving more. They're going to be tired at the end of the game. So I don't think Lamont Paris gets enough credit. I mean, look what he did at Chattanooga. He comes from Bo Ryan out there at Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I forgot. the He learned under two of the best. And what he did at Chattanooga and what he does now, I don't think there's – how is he not in the up right now? We've got nine more games to go. But how is he not up for even maybe coach of the year? Coach of the well, SEC. Well, I, think, I, think he, I think he's probably automatic right now for automatic. coach of the year. So, hey, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, check out Gunny in Georgia. Hello, Gunny. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Very well. Uh, I was just wanted to talk about the Tennessee deal here. You know, when the NIL come out and the NCAA is a wounded bear and you don't poke the wounded bear. And when they come out and everybody started doing this stuff, and a, uh, A&M had the best recruiting class in history, Tennessee showed up with a cash money in recruiting. So they, you can't poke the NCAA in there. No, what do you can't. think about that? Well, I think you're, well, I think you're right, Gunny. Hey, thank you very, very much. We're going to get a legal analysis of the situation in just a few moments. How about Brian up next in Birmingham? Hello, Brian. How you doing, Coach? We're doing okay. Uh, glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, First time listener, long time caller. Thank you. Uh, wanted to ask a couple of questions, possibly about the uh, CFP. Okay. Uh, specifically, what are the machinations on how this is going to work? One through four will have to play six, 15 games and. Five through twelve will have to play sixteen games. Are these games going to follow back to back, week by week? Or are they going to be? Well, yes, uh, there, there, I think there'll be a, a two a two week break from the championship games, or one, uh, I think that's two weeks, and then and then it's nonstop. Uh, yeah, it's going to be one after another for four or five weeks. Wow. The, the uh, final game next year will be, I think, January 21st. This year it was, is it 20th? Final game is on the 20th, on a, uh, and this past year it was January 8th. But without interfering with the NFL schedule. Uh, it is. Uh, there's a real problem, because, uh, and that's why I think the first games are going to be on a Thursday and Friday and Saturday, or Friday and Saturday, it's going to be very convoluted because the you can't go up against the NFL while they're playing on Saturday. Of course not. All right. Thank coach. you. Thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate it. That was a very uh, interesting. Johnny is up next. Thanks for taking my call, Paul. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, I use the call to talk about Georgia football, but I'd like to talk a little bit about Georgia basketball. Okay. Um, Coach Mike White's done an incredible job, uh, especially this year, 
As a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to head in town to uh, Athens here in a few minutes and watch the dogs in Alabama tonight. But uh, South Carolina's getting a lot of love. They should be after beating Tennessee and after beating Kentucky. But I think people are forgetting what Georgia did a few weeks ago. We went into Columbia and beat South Carolina at South Carolina. Uh, We were down 28 at Lexington with Kentucky and came back and lost by five. Uh, We were up by 21. I mean, down by 21 at Florida and lost in overtime. I mean, we've got to learn how to finish games. But Coach White is doing a great, great job. It's really fun to go to the Stag now. Uh, we're having good crowds there, good turnouts. I'll tell them my age a little bit, Paul. I've been going to Stegman. My dad took me there for two years in a row and watched Pete Maravich play. Oh my goodness! That's how long I've been going to. The, yeah, that's how long I've been going to the Stag. Well, I think I think so, I think uh, Mike is a, is an excellent coach, and you know the situation in Florida. I think it was good that he left because. It was just a fatigue factor, even though he was always uh, in the middle of the tournament or, or in the tournament. Hey, thank you very, very much. We have a special guest coming up. We, we heard some, a reporter on early giving us the latest on the uh, situation at Tennessee. Now we're going to get some legal analysis from a professor who teaches about NIL, one of the leading experts in the country on this complicated subject. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. And welcome back. Uh, we always uh, enjoy talking to Darren Heitner, who is an extremely well-known and respected attorney. He has also taught at the University of, of Florida Law School and as well as the University of Miami. Darren, thank you very much. Uh, we are trying to unpack uh, this situation with the NCAA in Tennessee and all the, re, uh, the subsequent movements by the attorney generals of two states uh, following a lawsuit. We, we say hello to you. First of all, just... Before we get to the lawsuit, just your reaction to what, what we know, and, and it's limited, on, on what the NCAA is doing here and, 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 and especially the response by the University of Tennessee. Well, first of all, it's great to be back, and there is a lot to unpack. And we only know a little bit. So much has happened in the past 24, 48 hours. But ultimately, there's a story that sources indicate Tennessee is under investigation, that it's one of multiple schools currently under investigation. And then we learn that the investigation revolves around primarily the starting quarterback who received various 
benefits, uh, including a uh, trip on a private plane to come to Knoxville, Tennessee, before he was committed, before he was enrolled. And everybody knows that this is uh, in relation to work by the collective Spire Sports, which, while it's not part of the university, obviously has an intent and purpose to benefit the school. And so the NCA is looking into it. It just recently came to an agreement with FSU related to punishment. There's been stories out that there's an ongoing investigation into the University of Florida. And within 24 hours, there's a lawsuit filed by state's attorney general who are taking the position that the NCA's limited NIL regulations its guardrails, including primarily its restriction on inducement, should be deemed illegal under the Sherman Antitrust Act. And that's where we are currently. There's been a motion for temporary restraining order, otherwise known as a TRO, that's pending. And the state's attorney general are asking for immediate action because you have National Signing Day approaching. And they're asking for the judge to make a ruling to at least temporarily suspend the NCAA from enforcing any of its NIL restrictions. You're right, Darren. That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> let, let's start with, I mean, the, what the university said is important, but it's more important what is going on with the attorney general. So uh, uh, give us your analysis of, of what you've read in that case. And the NCAA has a response, and we'll give it to you in a minute as soon as we can get it on the screen. But just from a legal standpoint, uh, your view of what the attorney generals of Virginia and Tennessee are attempting to do and their likelihood of success. Well, as is true, typically, whenever litigation commences, uh, the media, general fans, et cetera, jump to the conclusion that there's a slam dunk case because a complaint is really a one side telling of the allegations. But if you read through the complaint, Ultimately, what these attorneys general are looking at are primarily the somewhat recent Alston v. NCAA case, which strictly revolved around caps on education-related spending. It actually did not make a single reference to NIL. That said, Justice Kavanaugh, in his concurring opinion, which was not the majority opinion, talked about the NCAA not being above the law and suggested that there may be other restrictions that are illegal. The attorneys general are, are really looking at that decision, as well as some other decisions, to take the position that this is just yet another instance where the NCA has gone beyond its control and power and is really restricting trade. That said, if you take a step back, the NCA will have solid argumentation. One defense is, look, this is a voluntary member association. No one is forcing the University of Tennessee or any other school to be a member of our voluntary organization. And Tennessee, just like every other school through its presidents, chancellors, athletic directors, have been begging for us to not only have rules on NIL, but to enforce them. And the only time that they raise their, their arms up in the air is when there will be penalties potentially assessed against them. The other thing to take note is that antitrust cases, particularly those that revolve around what's called a rule of reason analysis, which is going to be in play here, tend to be very difficult for plaintiffs to win. There's a study out there that says 
roughly 97% of cases where this rule of reason analysis takes uh, precedent, that the defendant prevails, which would be the NCAA here, the court will be, will be challenged with weighing what are the pro and anti-competitive factors related to this. And I think the NCAA has somewhat of an of a arguable claim that there's a good reason for very basic restrictions to be in place. Darren, just from the, the legal standpoint, uh, and I realize everything's a guess, but you know, federal courts are supposed to be sacrosanct. It's not like you're, you, know, you go judge shopping here. Um, but the judges very likely could be swayed toward a particular school or not, especially in that part of the world. But what, what happens next? And, and how long does this take? And what is the next, and regardless of, of, of the success, or especially if there is success, where, where does it go from there? So the next step will be the judge likely ordering on the motion for temporary restraining order. And right now, all we have is the motion filed by the attorney general. I would expect a very thorough response from the NCAA. Realize that the NCA did just suffer a loss on a motion for TRO related to the transfer portal, which was then turned into an actual preliminary injunction. I do believe that case differs quite a bit from this one because that the transfer portal tends to restrict movement and judges do not tend to favor that. Whereas this NIL issue is not at all restraining movement. Look how many players are entering into the transfer portal largely because of NIL opportunities or changing their commitment before they actually enroll. So I do think that the NCA has, a, or I'm sorry, the plaintiffs here have a much more difficult time to persuade the court to enter that TRO. But then thereafter, I mean, these cases in federal court can take one to two years, and that doesn't include an appellate process. Before then, in my estimation, I think you'll see a very different NCAA and likely athletes who are deemed employees of their universities or the conferences establishing a system where they may be salaried and perhaps even having the capacity to collectively bargain their terms of employment. Darren, a very interesting legal argument. I'm going I'm to move now to the university's response because uh, we all know how the university handled the previous case. We know the case was was disposed of last summer with a stiff fine, but no postseason penalties, and it did not affect the current staff. It affected the previous staff. Are you, are you familiar, or do you recall a, a university leader, in this case, uh, Chancellor Don De Plowman, responding in a similar manner or anything remotely close to the scorched earth approach that she took yesterday? I don't. I, I thought it was really interesting to see exactly what it is that she put in her statement. And she wasn't alone. It seemed like pretty much every person with power in the state of Tennessee took a very scorched earth approach, which ultimately led to the initiation of this litigation. Um, I think she probably sees a, a situation where you know, Tennessee has its back up against the wall and even though it may be early stages of an investigation and a process where there is a negotiated resolution or ultimately punishment that is imposed unilaterally by the NCAA, I think there's a lot of fear. And, and because this could ultimately be uh, a very heavy-handed punishment. 
they, the, the rules were violated. The question is whether the rules were made clear. And it seems at least early on that the argument is the rules were not clear. And it wasn't until guidance was provided by the NCAA, perhaps after the technical rules were broken, um, that, that the school, the collective, uh, those who were a part of any of these transactions had clarity. I'm not sure how convincing that will be, if at all, with the NCA at least. And Darren, finally, uh, assuming that I mean, and we have we have uh, some of her words on the screen. She referred to them as bully, chaotic, failing, flawed, intellectually dishonest, vague, contradictory, inconsistent, unclear, replete with defects, unworkable, and morally wrong. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> In your deep understanding of where we are right now, what type of penalties, what type of agreements have the NCAA issued in relation to NIL uh, NIL infractions? We only have one situation to look at, which is FSU. And that was a negotiated resolution that came out very recently. What I think is of most importance and why we really shouldn't even dig into the weeds in that particular instance is that what was made clear in the release is that the decision is not serving as precedent because it was a negotiated resolution and it wasn't some sort of unilateral punishment instituted by the NCAA. So that's, that also creates a lot of fear because Ms. Plowman probably has no appreciation for just how harsh the penalties could potentially be. I'll just make one other note. I mean, she says all of these things in her statement, but where was she prior to this? Where are the other presidents and chancellors and athletic directors across the country? They're all silent. And they seem to be pushing this narrative that the wild, wild west exists in the college ecosystem, yet they're not willing to make any changes or they 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 express that they want rules. They express they want enforcement until the NCAA comes calling. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, these rules are draconian and we need to have changes immediately and we need to initiate litigation. I think that's that, that's going to be put in front of a judge. And I'm interested in seeing how that judge reacts. Darren Heitner, nobody better. Uh, thank you so much, Darren. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Darren Heidner joining us. And as we were talking, we got the statement from the NCAA office uh, about this case. And we will read it to you for those of you who do not have a television on right now. While the NCAA generally does not comment on specific infraction cases, it is important to remember that NCAA member schools and conferences not only make the rules, but routinely call for greater enforcement of those rules and holding violators accountable. In recent years, this has been especially true as it relates to establishing and enforcing a consistent set of national rules intended to manage the name, image, and likeness environment. The legal action would exacerbate what our members themselves have frequently described as a Wild West atmosphere, further tilting competitive imbalance among schools in neighboring states and diminishing protections for student athletes from potential exploitation. The NCAA remains firmly committed 
to protecting and expanding student right NIL rights and opportunities. However, our membership has steadfastly supported the prohibition or impermissible recruiting contacts, booster involvement in recruiting prospects, and the use of NIL offers as recruiting inducements. Uh, quite extraordinary that the NCAA has responded. I cannot remember uh, a single time that they have done anything like that. So they basically uh, flipped it back to the University of Tennessee. We'll get your reaction right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, an extraordinary legal analysis. Let's get some real analysis now. And we check in with Brad in Macon, GA. Hey, Brad. Brad? I tell Brad. you, I hey know there. you've heard this before. There's nothing like the scorn of a woman. Ooh, you're right. Man. And I'm going to tell you something. The last place these guys in the NCAA want to be is in a room with Chancellor Plowman, because I guarantee you she's going to plow every single one of those guys, and when they walk out, they're going to have a long back with a crack in it with no rear end because she's going to have chewed it up. I guarantee you. I believe you're right. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I've been wondering about one person in particular and what she thinks about this case. Tennessee is where we go. Peggy is on the line. Paul, I am beside every self I've got. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, you know, trying to joke about it. But, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really upset. Well, tell me, tell me, I, Peggy. I mean, Spit I it out. I tried to. Oh, my God. I just don't get it. Okay. He's been over there sitting on the bench behind Joe for a whole year. I mean, I don't understand. And I, this, I'm like you, this, this, I think there's more to this. This, this just didn't, I don't okay, know. So, so, oh, okay, tough. Peggy, let's cut to the chase. What's this all about? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, what? Oh, about the, uh, 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 this NCAA violation. Peggy, I'm not going to ask you to start over again, but I'll ask you again. What's this all about? Tell, spit it out. 
what is it all about? What's it all about? I'm upset about that. I don't understand why Tennessee is being hung out to dry. Well, being why, okay, to be well, why do you why do you why do you think why do you think this is happening? Who is who is who is, who is behind think, the curtain? Well, I've got a theory, Paul. Okay, spit it. Let it. Let us have it. Well, I, are you allowed to do that? I mean, I'm, yeah, well, I, I'm I asked you, so, I so you, you, I'm going to ask you again. I need you to tell me what this is okay, about. Paul. Well, look, I, look, I've got a theory, okay? Who is, this has all got to do with the recruiting violation and the portal. Who's the portal king, Paul? Lane, Lane Kiffin? Who's the portal okay, king? Okay, Peggy, you are telling us. What? You are saying that the person behind this is Lane Kiffin, the former Tennessee coach? I believe that I believe Somebody call, little, you know. Go have Kiffin arrested uh, this moment. What they call it? Dropped a dime pile. He dropped, dropped a dime. dime. It is uh, Lane Kiffin is behind Tennessee's problems. Uh, Lane Kiffin could. I agree, you, Peggy. I, I've never agreed. I've never believed that. I've never agreed instinct. with anybody more in my life. Did they not have a, a meeting out there last month? Yeah, and, uh, hey, and by the way, remember that game? Remember that game when everybody was throwing golf balls at Kiffin? Oh, yeah. Where'd that golf ball come from? He brought that in with him. You can look he, at that Elaine field. Kiffin you that can... night said, I am getting revenge on the University of Tennessee. They burned me Get in here. effigy the night I left for L.A. And hey. I am hey. going to call my friends at the NCAA, and we're going to screw Tennessee. No, 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 Paul. Lane Paul. Kiffin. No, it you have been found like guilty. That. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.